Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. The CBS Evening News, after this short break. Today's CBS Evening News podcast is sponsored by Oral-B Electric Toothbrushes. Oral-B's dentist-inspired brush head is designed to surround each tooth for a better clean than a manual brush. For a limited time only, use code CBSNEWS10 to receive 10% off your purchase at Oral-B.com. Good evening and thank you so much for joining us. It was a day of ceremony in the Senate against a backdrop of new allegations against the president. Chief Justice John Roberts took the oath and moments later he swore in senators, each pledging impartial justice in the impeachment trial of President Trump. House managers formally read the charges against Mr. Trump, who becomes just the third president in American history to face a Senate trial, but the first to do so while running for re-election. But just as history was unfolding on Capitol Hill, a government agency ruled the president broke the law by withholding aid from Ukraine. And tonight, there are explosive new accusations by a witness who says the president knew everything about efforts to dig up dirt on Joe Biden. We have all the developments covered tonight. Ben Tracy is at the White House, but we're going to begin with Nancy Cordes on Capitol Hill. Nora, even as this trial gets underway, new evidence continues to emerge. And what these 100 senators are going to have to decide at the end of the day is whether all the evidence taken together warrants the removal of the president from office. So help you God. I do. Senator Chuck Grassley whispered, God bless you, after Chief Justice John Roberts took the reins in the Senate trial. Will all senators now stand? His first act, swearing in the Senate, which will serve as the jury. You will do impartial justice according to the Constitution and laws, so help you God. Lead House Manager Adam Schiff offered this refresher on the charges. 
President Trump solicited the interference of a foreign government, Ukraine, in the 2020 United States presidential election. Just today, a nonpartisan government watchdog agency announced that the White House Office of Management and Budget violated the law last summer when it followed President Trump's order to withhold millions in aid to Ukraine. I have never, ever seen a report like this. But Republican jurors shrugged it off and downplayed new claims from indicted businessman Lev Parnas, who says he worked on the president's behalf to push Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. The source of the evidence is at best questionable. I don't want to hear from any witnesses. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. What's your response to Senate Republicans who say they shouldn't have to consider new evidence like the Parnas material because it wasn't included in the House investigation? They are afraid of the truth. This is just another avoiding of the facts and the truth on their part. And Nancy joins us from the Hill. Nancy, the president is slated to deliver the State of the Union in just two and a half weeks. What happens if that impeachment trial is still going on? Well, Speaker Pelosi said today, Nora, that the president has three options. He can come anyway and give his speech. He can ask for a delay or he can simply provide his address in writing without a speech, the way that presidents used to do in the 1800s. Incidentally, Nora, President Clinton faced the exact same dilemma back in 1999. He decided to go ahead with his speech. It's an important history, Nancy. Thank you. We want to turn now to those new allegations that challenge the president's defense just as his impeachment trial is starting. Soviet-born businessman Lev Parnas says he worked closely with the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, trying to force Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. And Parnas says the president knew exactly what was going on. Ben Tracy reports from the White House. Pictures Lev Parnas gave to impeachment investigators show him with President Trump, his family, and his inner circle. But today, the president denied knowing him. I don't know him at all. Don't know what he's about. He lied. In a series I of explosive interviews, Parnas claims he was Rudy Giuliani's man on the ground in Ukraine, tasked with making sure an investigation into the Bidens was announced publicly. President Trump knew exactly what was going on. Uh, he was aware of all of my movements. Parnas alleges other top administration officials were also in the loop, including Vice President Mike Pence, then National Security Advisor John Bolton, and Attorney General Bill Barr. Attorney General Barr was basically on the team. The Justice Department says that's 100 percent false, and the White House argues Parnas is simply not credible. This is a man who's under, an indi under indictment and who's actually out on bail. Parnas does deny working with Trump donor Robert Hyde to have U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Marie Yovanovitch followed. The National Police of Ukraine. But today, the Ukrainian government opened an investigation into whether she was under surveillance, and the FBI searched Hyde's Connecticut home and office. Trump allies saw Yovanovitch as an obstacle to launching an investigation into the Bidens, even though the administration says she was removed for not supporting what it claims was its anti-corruption agenda. It was never about uh, corruption. It was never it was strictly about uh, the Burisma, which included Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. White House sources say these allegations by Parnas won't change the outcome of the impeachment trial, but they do acknowledge they have made things messy. Other sources say that even more unsavory allegations could surface once the trial is over. Nora. All right, Ben, thank you. 
The FBI arrested three members of a neo-Nazi group known as the base today. Prosecutors say they were armed with a homemade assault weapon and were planning to attend a pro-gun rally in Richmond on Martin Luther King Day. Tonight, there are new concerns about violence at that rally. Virginia's governor has declared a state of emergency, warning violent groups may try to storm the Capitol or use weaponized drones. Jeff Begay's reports tonight from Richmond. Among the men arrested is Patrick Matthews, a Canadian Army veteran said to be an explosives expert. The three men face weapons charges for building a functioning assault rifle and are alleged to be members of a white supremacist group known as the BASE, which calls for violence against minorities with slogans like, save your race. Sources tell CBS News the men had discussed heading to Richmond for Monday's gun rights rally. They had recently purchased 1,500 rounds of ammunition. The threat in this kind of situation is with 1,500 rounds in semi-automatic rifles, hundreds of people could go down in seconds. With fears of the Charlottesville chaos in 2017, police in Virginia have been bracing for violence on Monday. Governor Ralph Northam declared a state of emergency banning all weapons near the Capitol and warned of threats from out-of-state militia groups. Threats like storming our Capitol uh, is one uh, specifically. Uh, weaponizing drones uh, over our Capitol Square uh, is another. Rally organizer Philip Van Cleve said the event should not be canceled because of the three men arrested. They're the problem makers. If they're trying to create problems, the police will handle them. We will go on. One of the two Americans arrested is an Army veteran who served in Iraq. And when the FBI moved in to take the men into custody, we're told two of the men tried to destroy their phones. Nora. All right, Jeff in Richmond tonight. Thank you. A powerful storm system is set to howl across the country with more than 170 million people in its path. Snow is piling up fast in the northwest. In Oregon, its icy roads are cutting visibility for drivers. It's also spinning tires in Washington state. Lonnie Quinn from WCBS TV joins us. Lonnie, what happens when this heads east? Well, okay, it's going to be merging with the second storm. So here's storm number one that you're talking about in the Pacific Northwest. Storm number one will find storm number two that is currently down around Texas. In fact, this is causing its own problems with big flooding conditions outside of Dallas. Watch how the two merge as they make their push from the west to the east. Who gets the worst of it? I think the Dakotas will be dealing with some blizzard conditions. Places like Minneapolis and Detroit, I think you'll have major impacts with ground travel. Then this system will make its move into the northeast as well. Now, for a place like Boston, before the snow gets to you, and I think Boston, you'll go from snow to rain, before the snow gets to you, your temperatures are going to plummet. Take a look at this. This is a great story, Nora, because Boston on Sunday, okay, had their warmest January day ever. It was 74 degrees. Tomorrow morning, it will feel like one below. That's a big flip-flop for Beantown. Nora? Mm, look at those wind chills. All Isn't right, Lonnie. Thank you. Tempers were hot in the moments after Tuesday's Democratic presidential debate, and so were the mics. Now the caught-on-tape feud between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders is highlighting the barriers women still face in trying to win the White House. Senator, have you spoken to Senator Warren? Neither Senator Bernie Sanders nor Senator Elizabeth Warren. I have no further comment on this. Wanted to discuss what everyone else is talking about, their confrontation after Tuesday case. night's debate. I think you called me a liar on national TV. I think you called me a liar on national no. TV. Let's not do it right now. You want to have that discussion, we'll have that discussion. You called me. You told me. All right, let's not do it now. The disagreement stems from whether he once told her that a woman couldn't be president. As a matter of fact, I didn't say it. I disagreed. 
Warren fundraised off the episode, highlighting the success of women candidates since President Trump was elected. But our poll of Super Tuesday voters finds 49% think the Democrats would have a harder time beating Mr. Trump if their nominee is a woman. While they battle it out in Washington... I would rather be in Iowa today. There's a caucus there in two and a half weeks. Pete Buttigieg is taking advantage in Iowa, where he's holding nine events in two days. Are you going to have an unfair advantage out here in Iowa with that trial? I'll leave it to the analysts to figure out the political impacts. What I know is that uh, we're going to use every moment available to us. And Ed joins us back from the campaign trail. So here's the interesting development. Four Democrats in the Senate running for president, two of them Warren and Sanders. What are they all going to do when they've got to be in Washington and can't be in Iowa? They would clearly love to be out on the campaign trail, but instead they'll be sending out their spouses and top surrogates to campaign in their place. This gives a huge advantage to Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden, especially in Iowa and New Hampshire, because as we well know, those are two states where the voters love their face time with candidates. All right, Ed, thank you so much. Well, today, Prince Harry made his first public appearance since he and his wife, Meghan, declared their independence from the royal family. Harry will soon join Meghan in Canada. Jonathan Vigliotti is there and also has new details about a possible announcement coming soon from Buckingham Palace. While Meghan Markle was getting to know what could be her new neighborhood in Vancouver, Prince Harry was beginning to exit his, making what may be his last appearance at Buckingham Palace as an official senior royal. Promoting the sport of rugby, Prince Harry joined kids in the Queen's backyard and later, ignoring media questions, hosted the draw for the Rugby World Cup games. Here in Vancouver, Meghan chose a more subtle approach, showing up earlier this week at a young women's social justice group during a snowstorm without the media even knowing. She was really committed to making that meeting work. Zoe Craig-Sparrow with Justice for Girls spoke with the Duchess over tea. Her analysis was incredible, and she really made all of us feel super comfortable and at ease. The conversation was kept professional, but Meghan has been candid about the prying British media, and privacy may be a little bit easier to come by in Canada. Their first appearance as a couple was in Toronto in 2017, where Meghan lived as an actress. I get my meat from Sandigan's. Blackbird Bakery. You can bring your dogs too. But, but the feelings may not be mutual. Experts estimate the price to protect the royals when living in Canada could run as much as $10 million a year. In a recent poll by an independent research group, nearly 75% of Canadians said no thank you to paying for their protection. And British media now reporting that Buckingham Palace will have an announcement tomorrow about the state of talks with the royal couple and their potential new roles. We also hope to learn more about when Prince Harry will join his new family here in Canada. Nora. All right, Jonathan, I bet you'll have the update for us tomorrow. Thank you. We know men and women are different, but just how different when it comes to our heart health? Women make up nearly half of the 100 million Americans who have high blood pressure. And a new study finds women's blood pressure begins to increase earlier and at a steeper rate than men's. It's a wake-up call that could impact how women are diagnosed and treated. We're joined now by cardiologist Dr. Tara Narula. And, Dr., we were talking earlier about this. What does this study say? 
Well, Nora, there's really been this perception that women are smaller versions of men, that we develop the same type of cardiovascular disease just at a later stage in our life. And this type of research challenges that notion and says that no, in fact, the biology of women is different, the physiology of women is different, and the way we end up presenting with our cardiovascular disease is different. And so in this study, they in fact found that blood pressure changes started happening in women as early as their 20s. And the rate of increase, the trajectory of rise was bigger and steeper and faster in women. And it sounds like really a systemic issue. Are women being underdiagnosed and undertreated? Yes, and they're also under-researched. We really have a lack of sex-specific research, and we need that to help inform our care. You know, we in the cardiology community who treat women have talked about how we've taken a bikini approach to treating women, where we focus on just the breast and reproductive organs. And that's a big problem, and that's why we find ourselves in a situation where more women die after their first heart attack than men, more women die after bypass surgery than men. So we need this type of research to change those statistics. I had never heard that phrase, bikini medicine, before. Dr. Tara Narula, thank you so much. Thank you. Some of the world's finest classical music might have been lost forever were it not for a woman who has spent nearly two decades restoring it to prominence. Adriana Diaz on the quest to find and catalog pieces written by some long-forgotten black composers. You ready? Go! At Brooklyn's Ryder Elementary School, students in the Harmony program got a front row seat to world-class violinist Rachel Barton Pine. She's playing music by composers like Ignatius Sancho, a self-taught British slave, and Chevalier de Saint-Georges, who was once the envy of Mozart. This music, you know, a lot of it hasn't been published. A lot of it was published, but is long out of print due to historic discrimination. The classical music of more than 350 black composers spanning four centuries has resurfaced thanks to Pine's determined research. Our primary motivation behind doing this work is to inspire um, young African-American students that classical music is part of their history and that you know, they're an important part of classical music's future. And it seems to be working. Who did you think classical music was for? Old people. And now do you feel like classical music is for you? Yes. Pine's initiative, Music by Black Composers, has created a music book and even a coloring book. Inspiration, composer Jessie Montgomery would have welcomed when she was younger. Knowing about these performers and composers probably would have eliminated the question in my head. Am I odd for being black and interested in classical music? It's a question already answered by these young violinists. I want to be a composer so I can share my feeling with the world. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Tchaikovsky doesn't expect his violin concerto to only be played by Russians. You know, we're all supposed to play all the good music because that's how we learn about each other. And orchestrate harmony. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Brooklyn, New York. What an incredible gift. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, an emotional story from Steve Hartman, how family, friends, and a school made a dying man's wish come true. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. What a day it has been. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Good night.
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.